Hey everybody, I am so glad that you are with me right now. As you could tell by the title of this sermon, True Men Needed, that this is going to be something that is towards Christian men. I think that it is a topic that is very needed today, and uh, I'm going to do it from uh, things I've seen in the past and what I've seen that are necessary for today. So our main verse is going to be 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Very simple, very short verse. Uh, Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, but it looks like he's making a specific point to men. So again, this is to all those true Christian men out there. And I pray that you would have hearing ears. And I pray that you would listen. I pray that you would hear uh, my heart on this, that you would hear the word of the Lord on this, that you would hear and sense the spirit of God involved in this today, that you might be changed, that this might open your eyes to where you need to be in your walk with Christ. So 1 Corinthians 16, 13 simply says, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. If you look at those in the Greek, that those are commands, and those are commands that are to be done continually or habitually. You're, this, these are things that you are supposed to be living your life on a continual basis, being on the alert, standing firm in the faith, acting like men, and walking in strength. These exhortations were needed then, and they are needed today. Men today just don't seem to be aware of their own personal moral weakening. And they live lives that are, I believe, unbecoming to that of a true Christian man. So in very simple words, Paul's telling the Corinthian men to grow up and behave like men. So if he's telling them that, then the Word of God is telling that same thing to us. It's being told to the true Christian men today to grow up and behave like men. And before you get offended at that, I want you to make sure you're understanding this is the truth of God's word. Paul's commands here, they were not merely to be memorized. They were not merely to be written down. They were meant to be put into practice and put into practice immediately and to be lived out continually. This call is to men. This call to men is so incredibly needed today. So many men have left their posts, and again, I say I'm talking to saved men. And as we look into our society today, when we see a poverty of real men. So many men, So and again, so many men in church with no character, so many men in church with no integrity, so many men in church with no self-control. So many people are asking the question, where have all the good men gone? Well, I'll ask it this way, where have all the true Christian men gone? As Christian men, we're called to a higher standard, a God standard, a biblical standard. God expects us to become a man after his own heart. And this means that the expectation for us as Christian men, it's higher than those who are outside of our faith. And someone says, well, that's not fair. Well, sorry, but that's the truth. We are called to hold a higher standard, a biblical standard to live a life as a man of God according to the word of God. And I ask you, even before we go any further, are you living up to the expectation of a Christian man that God has for you or the word of God lays out for you? Are you living up to the biblical standard? Are you raising the bar to become a better man every day? Do you have the courage to stand out from the ordinary 
to the extraordinary. Amen. So let's look at our first command for Christian men today. It's be on the alert, or another way you can say that is wake up. Be on the alert. The Greek verb here means to be on guard, to be watchful, to be vigilant, to stay awake spiritually, to watch out. So it's saying that we're, we are to be watchful and ready to respond to external influences, to be focused, to be alert for overt attacks of evil. We are supposed to be men that are watchful. We're watchmen on the wall. But if we're not living our lives right, and we're not spending time in prayer, and we're not spending time in the Word of God as men of God, and we're living a worldly life, we are not being watchful and ready. We are failing at our post. As opposed to being spiritually, people, um, we're supposed to be ready and watchful as opposed to being spiritually indifferent and listless. And man, have I seen a lot of men in the church like this. And may I tell you, I have been involved in church for 35 plus years. I've been intimately involved with church, whether I just went to church or whether I was on staff at a church or whether I pastored a church. I have been around Christian men for over 35 years and I have seen them and how a lot of them live their lives and it's very spiritually indifferent and listless. And many times you see the leader in the home spiritually is the wife. The wife prays the most. The wife is the one that gets in the church. The wife is the one that's leading the way on that. That should not be that way. That's supposed to be the man's job, to be the leader and to lead the home spiritually. Yes, the wife comes. My wife's a powerful woman of God, a powerful woman of prayer. But I'm the man of God, and I am to lead our family spiritually. Amen. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, continually prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I think, oh man, does he like to devour the integrity and the testimony of Christian men? If you're not on the watch... If you are not being alert, if you have not waken, woken up yet in Jesus' name, he will get into your life as a Christian man and steal your integrity because he will cause you to make decisions to do things in the flesh that will rob you of your integrity and rob you of your testimony. And man, if he can rob you of your testimony, he's done a lot of damage. And yes, we can cast the burden of our anxieties and our cares on God, but we are not absolved of the duty to remain men who are sober and watchful. God's Spirit will always enable us to carry out these commands, but we're ultimately responsible to carry them out in obedience. So this is a matter of obedience. These four things are a matter of us as men carrying these out in obedience. And yes, the spirit is there to help us do that, but we have to put in our effort. Christian men are 100% dependent and 100% responsible to obey these commands, to live our lives this way. So Peter's saying this simply, you must do this now. Keep your head clear. Wake up, be on the alert. So for all of you that are listening to this right now, all of you men out there, all of you Christian who call yourself a Christian man, I say to you very boldly, wake up, be on the alert. Get out of your indifference. Get out of your listlessness. Wake up and be the man that God has called you to be. Amen. So our second command for Christian men is to stand firm in the faith. Stand firm, be unmoved in the faith. 
In other words, make this the habit of your life. And the only way to stand firm is to be standing on a solid rock, unshakable foundation. And here the foundation is the faith. The faith that Paul speaks about here is not the faith of trusting, but it's the faith of truth. In other words, the faith of the gospel. We are supposed to stand firm in the truth of the gospel, the faith. Paul just wrote previously in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand. So we are called to stand firm in the truth of the gospel. And oh man, is that is that needed today? The Apostle Paul, in other words, is saying, keep standing firm in the gospel of your salvation. The gospel saved you in the past. It continues to save you daily and will save you into heaven when you receive your new resurrection body. In some, the faith refers not to the act of believing, but rather to what is believed, and that is the gospel. Matthew Henry, the great Bible commentator, said this on standing firm in the faith. He said, keep your ground, adhere to the revelation of God, and not give it up for the wisdom of the world, nor suffer oneself to be corrupted by it. Stand for the faith of the gospel and maintain it even to death, and stand in it so as to abide in the profession of it and feel and yield to its influence. A Christian man should be fixed in the faith of the gospel and never desert nor renounce it. All right, what about today? All this wokeism in the church. Again, I've been, I, I believe I can speak of these things because I've directly been involved in church for over 35 years. I stood in pulpits as an associate pastor, as a pastor, looking out in the congregation of Christian men. And it is amazing the things that I saw on their faces and the reactions that I saw as I would preach the word. You know, many leaders in churches today, they water down the gospel. Um, this wokeism that's come into the church, they don't stand up for the truth of the gospel. They're afraid to share the right gospel. And I, I have been preaching in a pulpit before and looking out into the crowd, preaching something. Listen, you're not just supposed to preach in church things that make everybody feel good or things that make everybody feel like they're going to get a bunch of money. You're supposed to preach things as a leader, preach the word of God. Sometimes it's the harder things to hear. And I've always been that kind of person as a, as a minister of the gospel, not only an evangelist, but when I get up in front of Christian people, i.e. we're talking about here Christian men, I get up and I challenge like a coach, live your life right, man. Quit sinning. Get it together. Get out of the flesh. And when I've preached like that before in church, I, I could literally look on the faces of men in the crowd and man, it's like they wanted to get out of their seat and run up and punch me in the face. I mean, I've watched them look down to the ground. You can see the anger come on their face because they know that's where they are. And that Holy Spirit conviction hits them so hard. And the only way they know to react to it is to react to it in anger. And uh, I've seen it over and over and over again. We need men that can be hit smack dab in the middle of the face with the truth of the word 
and they're not going to flinch from it. They're going to say, yes, that's me. I failed there. Just like the word says, I've got to get this together. That's a real man. A real man's not someone that leaves the church and grumbles to himself. Man, I hated what he said. Who's that guy I think he is saying all that? A real man, a real Christian man is going to hear the truth and apply it to his life and let his life be changed. Galatians 5.1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. One great Bible teacher said, Satan cannot take saving faith away from us. Listen to this. But he can, and often does, obscure the content of our faith, the sound doctrines of God's word. If we do not hold fast to right interpretations of Scripture, we are certain to slip into wrong thinking, wrong belief, and wrong behavior. So let me give you a great illustration of this, uh, of someone who stood firm in the faith of the gospel. And there's so many of these. There's people who have literally allowed them, they, they literally have been burned at the stake because they would not renounce the gospel. There are people that have been crucified because they have not renounced the gospel. People that have been men that have been beheaded because they would not renounce the gospel. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, not many of you have probably heard of him. He wrote a great book about discipleship and disciples. At the height of World War II, he was a Protestant theologian. Well, he was in prison for taking a stand against Hitler. Yet he continued to urge fellow believers to resist, resist Nazi tyranny. And a group of Christians, believing that Hitler was the Antichrist, asked Bonhoeffer, why do you expose yourself to all this danger? Jesus will return any day and all your work and suffering will be for nothing. Bonhoeffer replied, if Jesus returns tomorrow, then tomorrow I'll rest from my labor. But today I have work to do. I must continue the struggle until it is finished. In other words, I must stand firm in the faith. I'm calling every man. The Holy Spirit is using this to call every man that will hear this to be a man that is standing firm in the faith. You're standing in the firmness of the gospel. You are not going to ever renounce it. You're not ever going to water it down. You're going to stand in the truth of it. No one's going to be, I don't care what comes against your life. I don't care who tries to come against you in Jesus name. You're not going to be someone that gives it up. You're going to be a man that stands firm even unto death for the sake of of the gospel. That's how firm you are in your belief in the faith. In the gospel message, you stand firm in that. Be a man. Stand firm in the faith. Amen. Our third command here for Christian men is to act like men. I love that. Act like men. Very clear, very simple, but very profound. Act like men. This is, this is, this is a command, but the shorthand of it would be something like grow up, stop acting like children. And I'll say again, I have been in church for over 35 years, and man, I have seen so many Christian men who still act like children. I, you know, it's one thing if you've been saved a year and you're still struggling with, you know, the changes that are happening and all that. But if you've been saved five years, three years, if you've been saved two years, it's time to grow up and start acting like a child. What does that mean, acting like children? Well, 
We're supposed to be courageous like men as opposed to little children, which is how Paul characterized many of them writing. They were men of the flesh as to infants in Christ. So there we're seeing it. They were men of the flesh. In other words, they have not walked, they were not walking in their spiritual maturity, but they were men who were walking in the flesh, calling themselves Christian men, going to church, but walking in the flesh. 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Paul wrote, Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, but in your thinking be mature. In other words, don't be fleshly in your life. Be a man that walks spiritually mature. They need to set aside, Christian men today need to set aside their whining, set aside their complaining, set aside their fleshliness, set aside their worldliness, and instead progress towards maturity in Christ. But they fail to shed their dependence on their blankies, their bottles, and their binkies that has sued them all their Christian life and their baby Christian days. They look like a mature man on the outside, but inside they are still spiritually immature and they're acting like children, not willing to fight the fight that it's going to take to be that Christian man that would please God with the way he lives and the way he carries out his kingdom work. I have seen so many men who will tell you, yeah, I go to this church, or I go to that church, or I go to this men's group, or I go to this Bible study. And then you hear them out in the world. You hear them as you're around them when they're away from all the churchy stuff, and they talk like they're still in sin. They curse, they cuss. There's no even thought about it. Although, again, they will tell you, I go to this church, you know, I, I go... I go to this Bible study, you know, I go to this men's group and we go to a men's group and we go on retreats, but you listen to them talk and they talk like someone who's never been saved. And I'm not talking about men who've been in this for a year. I'm talking about older men, men who are now, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who are acting like children. They're acting like children because they're not removing the flesh from their lives and their lives portrayed to themselves, to others around them, to me, I look at them and go, man, you're still acting like a child. You're still spiritually immature. You still don't get it. We're supposed to be living mature Christian lives as real men, as Christian men, lives that look different from the way we lived when we weren't saved. Amen. I'm not saying everybody, people make mistakes, but I'm saying if the consistency of your life away from church and away from all the, you know, your Bible studies and all that, away from all of that, you act like a heathen, then there's something spiritually wrong there. Either you're not saved and you think you are, or you are in a place where you have not yet come to a place of any kind of spiritual maturity. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. I don't care all the manly recreational things you do. That does not make you a true Christian man. A true Christian man is someone who acts like a man. They are spiritually, they walk spiritually mature. You know how easy it is for men, many men, to slip back into the secular crib of their infancy rather than to walk on their own two feet by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. They still walk around as children. Matthew Henry, again, the great commentator on act like men, he said, act the manly, firm, 
and resolved part behave strenuously in opposition to the bad men who would divide and corrupt you, those who would split you into factions or seduce you from the faith. Be not terrified nor won over by them, but show yourselves men in Christ by your steadiness, by your sound judgment and firm resolution. Christians should be manly and firm in all their contests with their enemies in defending their faith and maintaining their integrity. When I see a guy, a Christian man, who tells me that he goes to church, you know, he does this and that, and yet I hear him talk, not only talk with words of cursing, but perverted talk, man, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you are not maintaining you are not maintaining your integrity you have no self control and you're walking and living your life as a spiritual baby that's the truth if that offends you i'm sorry but that's i'm not sorry that's the truth you're acting like a spiritual baby you're not walking in in spiritual maturity and your life will not be effective in your home in your marriage or in general within god's kingdom until you get that part of your life right, get out of the flesh and start walking as a man of god listen sexual immorality overexposure to perversion, all kinds of worldliness, profanity, foul speech has produced Christian men who are spiritually weak and ineffective for the kingdom. It's a fact. I've seen it. It's true. And if you would if you would really look at this, you would agree with me on this as well. And the reality is that, listen to this, the reality of this is, is, is more devastating to a society than, there's nothing more devastating to a society than our Christian men being spiritually weak and ineffective for, for the kingdom work. Um, the only hope and stability and the only hope for sanity and the only hope for peace in a society is masculine, virtuous men, not effeminate men. Evil abounds everywhere. How men respond to its presence determines the survival and well-being of a society. No culture will ever rise above the character of its men. Let me say it again. No culture will ever rise above the character of its men. We got enough ungodly men out there that do nothing for the benefit of our culture, the men of God, the men who call themselves, who say they're saved, who are Christian men, they need to have a character amongst about themselves that helps with the well-being of society. Why do you think there's such an attack from the devil against Christian men? Because if he can, if he can attack those who are supposed to be leaders in their homes, spiritual leaders, Men who are leading their home and Bible studies and the Word of God, spiritual, spiritually mature men, if he can attack them and, and get them to a place where they're unaware, they're not watchmen on the wall, they're not being alert, they're not standing firm in the faith, they're not acting like men, they're being spiritually mature men, he will damage not only your family, but he can damage society. Courage is the stock and trade of a man. Courage in the face of danger, courage in the face of temptation, courage in the face of loss, courage in the face of suffering. And there's nothing more manly than a man with consummate conviction, courage, and endurance who is marked by a deep love for Christ. Let me repeat that again. There is nothing more manly than a man with consummate conviction, courage, and endurance who is marked 
by deep love for Christ. That's a man, not weak, not vacillating, not fearful. Amen. So let's look at our fourth command for Christian men, and that is very simply, be strong. And we're not talking about physical strength here. Paul taught that someone should pray for spiritual strengthening, even as he prayed for the saints in Ephesus, asking the Father to grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, Ephesians 3.16. So be strong. Paul is calling for them, for us, for spiritual strengthening. It's not about physical strengthening. That's a good thing to do, to keep yourself strong and to keep yourself healthy, but he's calling for spiritual strengthening. Listen, in a physical world, you can lift weights and you can strengthen yourself. I do that. But in the spiritual world, believers cannot strengthen themselves by themselves. I can go out in my gym in my garage and I can work out because I've chose to do it and I can do that. And that's what I do by myself for myself. But in this whole spiritual context of this, trying to be men who are staying strong, we can't do it on our own, but we got to have the want to, to get into it and to do it, but we can't do it by ourselves. This is where we need the power and the strength and the help of the Holy Spirit. But you can walk as a spiritually strong man if you live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be men that pray, study, memorize the word, and again, live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That power there, that Greek word dunamis, it means mighty explosive power. That's how we're supposed to be living our life as Christian men. We're supposed to be strong, living our lives in mighty explosive power within the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. We need to allow him to move in our lives and operate in us in great power. And if you're not operating in the fullness of the Spirit's power, if you've never had a Pentecost experience with the Holy Spirit, you need to. You need to. I don't care what denomination you are. You need a Pentecost experience in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon your life and to change you from the inside out. Christian men have a responsibility in this spiritual strengthening. We're not just supposed to say, well, let go and let God. Our job is to submit or yield and surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit in order for him to strengthen us. You know, we can resist him, quench him, and grieve him. On the other side, we're supposed to submit to him, surrender to him, and yield our life to him in order for him to strengthen us. This is so important. The strength to obey the Lord is not connected to an Olympian physique. It comes by the power of God to the inner person, the unseen character attitudes, affections, and passions that drive us toward the good and away from the bad. I'll say it again. The strength to obey the Lord is not connected to an Olympian physique. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit to the inner person, the unseen character, attitudes, affections, and passions that drive us toward the good and away from the bad. Our responsibility as a Christian man is to take on the world cha- world's challenges with strength, but we must do so knowing that our strength comes from the Lord, from the power of the Holy Spirit, not from ourselves. Acts 6.3, 
Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Full of the spirit. Are you full of the spirit? Are you full of the spirit? Have you had that time in your life as a Christian man where you have opened yourself to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to immerse in you, to literally saturate you with his power and his strength. The Holy Spirit baptism that took place at Pentecost, it transformed Peter from being cowardly to being bold as a lion. This guy went from denying Christ to teenage girls around the fire to once the power of the Spirit came upon him, it transformed him into a Man, he stood up in front of all the naysayers and all those that were hostile toward Christianity. He stood up in front of those and boldly preached Christ to them. He went from being cowardly to being bold as a lion because of one thing, because he was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He got strong. He was firm in his faith. He got aware of what was happening around him. So if you need the power of God in your life, Jesus has a special word for you. The Holy Spirit himself has a word for you today. And I want to go this way with it. Christ knew when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he knew they needed the power to do the works of his kingdom on earth, right? They'd lived with him for like three years, walking around with him, watching him do ministry. So he instructs them in Luke 24, 49 and 50, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but wait or stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He's telling them to wait because he knows they're not ready yet to go out and face the hostility that they're going to come against. They're not ready yet to go out and face the persecution that he knows is going to come against them. He knows they still need something. Although they've been with him for three years, they still needed this to happen in their lives. So he told them to wait, stay, Wait in the city until the promise of the Father comes. So they waited. They didn't know how long they were going to have to wait. A year, a month, 10 years, 40 years. Just they simply were obedient to stay and wait. They prayed. They were seeking God. They were all together in the upper room. And it says, your lie, he basically was saying to them, your lies are going to remain the same until the Holy Spirit comes upon you with power. Saying this is so true for a lot of Christian men that I know. Their lives remain the same. They're not committed. They sense their life isn't going quite according to God's design. That's because they're living still in spiritual immaturity. They're dissatisfied. They want more in their marriage, their work, they, their walk with Christ, their witness for him. They aren't living spiritually strong. They're not firm in the faith. So he's saying, God desires these changes for you, but such things only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Until he comes, things will remain same. I'm trying to help you right now. We've talked about these four commands. We're supposed to be watchmen, be watchful, be aware, wake up. We're supposed to be men who are strong in the faith, standing in the power and the faith and the truth of the gospel. We're supposed to be men that are acting like men, being men that are spiritually mature and being men that are strong, spiritually strong. But how do we accomplish all of that? We accomplish all of that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to help you. I know you've heard this last part all your Christian life probably. But maybe you've never heard it this way. He was telling them, you are not ready. 
Listen, we're living in a world where the persecution coming against the church in America is going to be a lot stronger. It is, it is horrendous in many nations of the world where people, when they come to faith in Christ, they're literally put their life on the line. Their own family will want to kill them. And they stand strong in their faith in Christ. It's coming to America. America, Christians in general and Christian men have gotten so listless in their walk and their life in Christ because... You know, hey, I can just get by, go to work, do my thing, go to church on Sunday morning, everything. That's not what it's all about. It's about doing something for God's kingdom, but doing it in the power of God. It's about living your life in a way that to portray such, uh, such, such integrity, such self-control, such power. That's how we live our lives. Because if you're not living your life that way, you're not going to be able to stand against the temptations. You're not going to be able to stand against the persecutions. You're not going to be able to stand against the hostility that's going to be coming to the church in America. So he's saying, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in his fullness, uh, you're going to remain the same. So he's saying to them, and he's saying to us, wait in faith, and you'll be endued with power from on high. And guess what? It happened just like he promised. On the day of Pentecost, these disciples were filled with a powerful anointing from God, something that the world had never seen before. And guess what? 2,000 years later, the world has never been the same. The world has never been the same. This enablement by the Spirit, it literally initiated the spreading of the gospel in a, in a in terribly hostile environment of persecution, idolatry, and political oppression, and it is still the answer for the spread of the gospel today and the, and the empowerment of of God's men, this enablement by the Holy Spirit. And let me say something very clear. It's not, this is not just for one particular denomination to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what someone's taught you or hasn't taught you. We all need a Pentecost experience. We all need, Peter needed it, and guess what? You need it. We all need as men to be operating in the fullness of the Spirit, of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So it was on that day, that day in Pentecost, that the source of power came to fill believers, fill them full, to fill, to fill true Christian men with power, to, to equip them and enable them to be alert in this intensely anti-Christ time, to stand firm in the faith and not back down to the woke culture and aren't afraid of making waves for Christ, to be strong in their belief and their lives, live their lives in power that equips them to be more than conquerors. Man, we see these coaches that are taken to court because they literally did something that was so, you would think, not that big of a deal. But in the, in the, in the America that we live in now, it's very courageous. They get on their knees and they pray. And they're taken to court because of that. We have got to be willing to do these things and stand up for what we believe in as men of God, pray in public, witness in public, talk of Christ in public, and not be afraid of it, not be afraid to be canceled or be part of this woke culture, but stand up for the things of God, backed by and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and let come what may come, we've just got to be faithful to what God has called us to. Man, we're going to be very grateful for the power of the Spirit giving us the ability. You can waste it, though. You can say, oh, I don't believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. I don't believe in that Pentecost stuff. I'm not talking about anything here but being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something that you ask the Father for. 
You ask him, say, Holy Spirit, I, I need your power. I need your filling. I, I, I Fill me now. Empower me. Immerse me in your power. Immerse me in your power. And I, be, I believe if you cry out for that, you ask him for that, he will give that to you. And as you walk in that power, it look, guys, it will change you. It will change you. It will equip you. It will give you the ability to be a man of courage. It'll give you the ability to be a man who's strong. It'll give you the ability to, to be a man who acts like a man, not like a baby. You take the binky out of your mouth and you walk as a man of God and hold your sword of the spirit like a soldier and a warrior for Christ should. It enables and empowers you to be a man who's on the alert, man, I talk to people all the time at the range and train them into situational awareness. And that's in a physical world, but we've got to be men who are on the alert in the spiritual world, who are aware of what's going on around us. And the power of the Spirit will equip you to be more astute and more aware of the things that are going on around you in the Spirit. In closing, it's time to change, man. It's time to change. It's time to step up to the call for men of courage, men strong in faith, men who are alert, who are watchful, who are ready to do spiritual combat. Psalms 27 and 14 says, wait for the Lord. Wait means to abide in him, pray, seek him, wait for the Lord, be strong, act like a man, and let your heart take courage, be strengthened in your heart, but it all starts with waiting for the Lord. Psalms 31, 24 says, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Our four commands, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Be men who are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that will equip you to be the man that God has called you to be. Listen, true men are needed. I'm challenging you today to step up and take your place. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just come before you right now in Jesus' name on behalf of every man that is listening to this. Whether they live in America, they live in another nation around the world. I pray for these men right now. I pray that they would have a commitment right now. They would make a commitment to you to get out of their spiritual immaturity, to get out of their indifference and their listlessness, to get out of that. And they would begin to grab a hold of the altar and begin to cry out for a life that's on fire, begin to cry out for a life that's filled with the passion for Christ and the things of God, to be a man who is sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be a man who cries out, who asks you, how empower me, Father, with the Holy Spirit. Give me the power. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with his power. Men that are crying out that they might be the men that you've called them to be. I thank you today for this changing some cowardly men into Peters, for changing some cowardly men into being men like Peter who are willing to go to the cross, to be crucified upside down for the cause of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, to be strong and to be effective with their lives. I thank you for men like that, that this will cause men to make a decision today to get out of where they used to be and to be the man of God they are called to.
and they're going to do it now, and they're going to do it today. Father, forgive us for anything we haven't done that we should have done. Forgive us as men for the things we've done that we shouldn't have done. Forgive men today. May they confess before you their sins of foul mouth and perversion and, and forgive, may they, may they ask you to forgive them, confess their sins of, of, of looking at things they shouldn't have looked at and of, of anything, Lord God, that would affect them that way, of, of fleshly appetites and desires. And may they cry out for you to deliver them from that in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord God, again for the power of the Holy Spirit filling them, empowering them to be the men of God they have been called to be. And if any man on here right now actually looks at his life and says, you know what, I don't even know if I'm saved. I've lived so worldly. I've lived so ungodly. I don't even know if I'm saved. I pray right now that they would trust in you. They know who you are. You came, you died on a cross. They were sinners born. They needed you as their savior. They will recognize that and they will come to you right now and they will confess you before all of heaven and men. They will confess out of their mouth that you are the savior of their life. They will repent of their sins. They will believe in their heart of who you are, Christ, and what you accomplished for them. And again, they will confess from their mouth that you are the Lord and the savior of their life. And they will trust in you to live in them and abide in them that you will save them right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for that. And we thank you for all these things in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, well, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining me today. If you just gave your life to Christ, let me know. Email me, text me. Let me know what just happened. If you made a decision to make a new commitment to Christ with your life as a man, let me know. Text me, email, get a hold of me somehow. Let me know. I heard this and it changed my life. It's not about me. It's about the power of the Spirit operating through what I'm saying to affect your life forever and ever and ever. Amen. God bless you. All I can say to end this is live all out for Christ. And remember, God still saves, God still heals, and God still sets the captives free. Amen. God bless you.